This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is not your century. This is not your century, where we celebrate the news and the news media of centuries gone by. I'm King Kaufman. July 2nd, 1937. Amelia Earhart is missing at sea, feared dead, along with her navigator, Fred Noonan. The two of them were trying to fly around the world. That had been done as early as 1924, but she was flying close to the equator, so her trip would be the longest ever, 29,000 miles. She and Noonan had taken off from Oakland on June 1st, bound for Miami, then down to South America and across the Atlantic to Africa, then Southern Asia. Now they took off from Leh, New Guinea for the longest leg of the trip, 2,500 miles to Howland Island, a speck in the sea, where they'd refuel before heading to Honolulu and then Oakland. Amelia Earhart was world famous. The newspapers liked to call her Lady Lindy. She looked a little like Charles Lindbergh. Lucky Lindy. But she was also a record-setting flyer on her own. An aviatrix, they called her. In 1928, she became the first woman to fly across the Atlantic, but she was really just a passenger on a plane flown by two men. She said she was baggage, like a sack of potatoes. But it made her a celebrity, and she used her fame to promote aviation, and more specifically, women in aviation. And she began setting real records. First woman to fly solo across North America and back, the world altitude record the first woman to fly solo across the Atlantic, and the second person, after only Lindbergh. In 1937, she'd set out twice to circumnavigate the globe. The first try was grounded by a mishap in Hawaii, but this time, she and Noonan, the navigator, were in the home stretch with just 7,000 miles to go out of 29,000. July 2nd was a Friday. They took off at 10 a.m. local time, which was late afternoon Thursday in California. There was a small item on page one of the Friday Chronicle saying Earhart had roared off on the most hazardous leg of her flight, one nobody had ever flown before. With an average speed of about 140 miles an hour, the trip was expected to take 18 hours. The U.S. Coast Guard cutter Itasca was nearby to help Earhart find the impossibly tiny island using radio navigation. The ship got some all-OK reports from her, and then a few transmissions where they couldn't make out what she was saying. More than 17 hours in, they heard her ask for bearings. The problem was, she couldn't hear the Itasca. The ship tried desperately to reach her. It even burned oil, hoping she'd see the smoke and hone in on it. 19 hours into the flight, Earhart reported that she was running out of gas and only had about a half hour left, and that she couldn't hear the Itasca. About an hour after that last transmission, the ship set out on a search near Howland Island. Within a few hours of that, President Franklin Roosevelt had ordered a massive search. It would last for weeks, with no sign of Earhart and Noonan ever turning up. By July 4th, the day after it reported that Earhart was missing, the Chronicle's banner headline read, Amelia, Noonan, Feared Dead. 
What happened to Amelia Earhart became one of the great unsolved mysteries of the 20th century. When I was a kid in the 70s, the supermarket tabloids would still have stories from time to time saying that she'd been spotted somewhere. For some reason, it was kind of a standing pop culture joke that she was living in a house in New Jersey. As always with unsolved mysteries, and sometimes with solved ones, there are a million theories. The most popular one, and the official position of the United States government, is that the flyers ran out of fuel, crashed into the sea, and died. But there are plenty of others. They were captured and executed as American spies by the Japanese. They lived as castaways on one of the tiny islands in the region for years. One theory had them reaching Gardner Island, a few hundred miles away. It's now called Nicomororo, part of the Republic of Kiribati. In 1940, a skull was found there, and further searching found some other artifacts, including, eventually, a skeleton. A forensic examination in 1941 found that the bones belonged to a man. But in 2016, the Washington Post reported that the International Group for Historic Aircraft Recovery had done a new study, using the doctor's notes from 1941 as well as historic photographs. The bones had been discarded or lost in the 40s. The new study came to the conclusion that the bones were Earhart's. It's not proof, just an argument to back up a theory. It's beyond the scope of this podcast to pass judgment on what happened to Amelia Earhart, except in one way. It's clear by now that she'll never be forgotten. If you're a regular listener and the name Fred Noonan sounds familiar to you, it's because I've talked about him before. He was the navigator of the Pan Am clipper ship that drew a crowd of thousands when it landed in Alameda in 1935 and when it took off on its flight to the Philippines by flying under the Bay Bridge. That episode published on April 23rd. Check it out. Not Your Century is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like this show, we'd love it if you'd give it a rating and a review. For great journalism today, consider subscribing to the San Francisco Chronicle, which you can do in both paper and digital form by going to sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. Historical research by Libby Coleman. I'm King Kaufman. Talk to me on Twitter at King underscore Kaufman. We now return you to your century.